Hey, this is Britt Vargas, and I am the High School Ministry Associate Director at Calvary Community Church here in Westlake Village, California. And this is our HSM podcast. Thank you so much for checking us out today. I hope this encourages and inspires you. Here's today's message. Well, grab a seat. We're so excited you're here. If you don't know me, my name is Britt, and I get the opportunity to serve you guys here at Calvary HSM. And I'm so excited because I just love this series that we're in um, through the Christmas series that we are calling Between uh, Two Advents. And uh, just as a recap, what we mean by Between Two Advents is literally meaning the Advent is the coming. And for us, that is Jesus coming back. But uh, through the season, we get to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And and so that's one Advent. And and with us as Christians, we get to be in celebration knowing that there's hope coming when Jesus returns. And so we find ourselves caught within what Brian Howard called last week, this gap, this middle space. And so last week, Brian got to talk about like, how do we have hope within this middle space between these two advents, between something that has already happened and something that we have had hope for and know will happen. And so tonight, I'm so excited because we're going to continue on looking at the Christmas story as we lean into this middle time, this gap time. And so what we're going to be talking about tonight is peace. Like, how can we have peace in the middle of this hard season? Can we be honest? The last 20 months was a hard season, but maybe for some of you, you've already had harder seasons or are going through hard seasons and feel like this moment where there's such a lack of peace. Because when I think of peace, there are so many other words that I think of than the other things that have described our last 20 months. Um, When I think of peace, I I think of harmony. I I think of moments that are easy, that are comfortable. And, And so what I had to step back and realize was the fact that I was leaning into what culture was saying about peace. I was leaning into the peace that culture sells us. So many times I have been on YouTube and you know the moment where you like get a commercial and you're like, ah, and in the corner you like have five seconds to wait until you like as quickly as you can uh, click the skip button so you get to the actual content you wanted. And, and so there's so many times where I've seen commercials that are have nothing to do about calmness. Like there was an AirPod one where it was just like this person walking through a super busy space and then all of a sudden like puts these AirPods in and then the whole world fades away and he's just like in this tranquil moment. And we see that over and over again. Like we have Amazon where we have an app. We don't even have to leave our own home to shop for things because we know that we just click and they even make it super simple. I hate that little button that says like buy now or add to cart. And you're like, of course I'm going to buy now because it's going to come so much faster. And it's because we've bought into the type of peace that this world is trying to sell us. I think it's a, a, a way for us to step back to actually reflect, okay, so then what is it? And I think our real desire for peace is our desire for the world around us to serve us. That's the kind of peace that the world wants to tell us is the true peace, the actual peace that we want to be a part of is how can the world serve me? 
Because when I'm comfortable and when things are going my way, when things are easy, that's when I experience peace. But what we're going to be looking at is how do we find peace when there's hard and challenging moments all around us, when our circumstances feel so difficult. And I love it because we're not the first people to experience seasons where it's been hard, where it's been challenging. And, and tonight, um, if you have your Bible, we're going to be in Matthew um, chapter 1. And we're going to be actually meeting Jesus' father, Joseph. And I love the fact that when we look at Matthew, the Matthew is the first book in the four books that we call the Gospels, which are literally just historical accounts of Jesus' ministry. And I love the fact that Matthew is the only one where he actually walked with Jesus. Like the other two, the other three accounts are, are people that knew about Jesus, heard his teachings, but this was a disciple. And something to know about Matthew, also known as Levi, was that he was a tax collector. And in that time, like if I would have said he was a tax collector, you guys all would have been like cringing at this moment. Because he was the person um, that worked for the enemy, the Roman Empire. And so he wasn't Roman himself. He was a Jewish man. Um, but what happened was he would collect taxes and he wasn't paid by the Roman Empire, but what he would do is he would demand more taxes on his own people so that he can pay what the Roman Empire wanted and then keep for himself what he wanted. And so he was seen as this person that would have been the farthest from who they've chosen to have someone who walked with Jesus. And so what I want us to realize is when we read Matthew, that he is coming from this perspective that's very doctoral. Like he doesn't use a lot of feelings. He, he's all about the facts. He's like, this is the fact. This is what happened. And so if you want touchy-feely, like want to know what's in their soul, like go, go to Luke. He's really for you in that moment. But what we're going to do is we're going to meet Joseph. He is the father of Jesus, and he is a man that we'll get to see how he's described. But he's going to go through a season where there is a lot of peace that is lacking in his life. And, and so what I want to do is I want us to look at this story and realize that how he found peace was so imperative for us tonight. Like his choice to choose peace affects us tonight. And so what I want us to do is, I know if you have ever been to a Christmas service or you grew up in the Christian faith, this is not a story that you don't know. So let me ask you, listen with new fresh ears as we read this section of Joseph's story in a way that how, how does he experience lack of peace and how does he respond? So if you can join with me in verse 18. It reads, the birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. I love it. He's like, here's how it happened. He doesn't, <laughs> Matthew isn't worried about uh, really thinking about like, this is the birth of Jesus, the, the manger and all of that. No, he's like, this is what happened. Continues on. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man, and not wanting to disgrace her, publicly decided to divorce her secretly. 
But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken to the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son and then they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the Lord's angels had commanded him. He married her but did not have sexual relations with her until she gave birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. So here's the tension. Like, this is obvious, right? This is the moment Joseph is invited into this story. It's obviously, one, Mary is pregnant, right? And two, it's not his. Like, if you just, like, simply put yourself in that shoes of, like, you know, a couple years from now, you're engaged to somebody, and they come to you, and they're like, I'm pregnant, and you're like, it's not mine. Like, imagine the lack of peace in that moment Joseph was experiencing just with that, right? But then if we look at the context of who, where he was living and in the community he was in, what Mary was saying was the fact is that it earned her death. Like they could have killed her for that. Because back in that day, marriage was in three parts. So first they started off with the engagement. And for us, that means something super different than what it meant to them back then. That when they were engaged, sometimes that happened when they were really young and it was uh, put together by their parents. And so then what happens after their engagement is to make it official, they become betrothed. And that usually lasts a year. And in that time, they're considered husband and wife. But they haven't gotten married yet. Because so you have the engagement, then the betrothal, and then you get married. And that's after the year of being together and after the ceremony. And so what's happening is Joseph is hearing this news while he is still betrothed to Mary. So Mary's considered his wife. And the only way to break up was to divorce her. Because this is how set in stone it was for them at that time. And so what, what was supposed to be a beautiful moment for him, like if you could imagine this beautiful moment where he gets to be married and then it turns into this kind of nightmare where the person you were engaged with is pregnant by somebody else or something else. Like I can imagine the, the kind of stories that he might have been thinking because there's two things we are to know about Joseph and, and it describes him as a righteous man, right? Meaning that Joseph was a man of God. He was a man who sought after God. He was a man who wanted to follow in what God had for him. And so because of that, he's caught in this two-edged, you know, a rock in a hard place moment where he wants to be married. He wants to do what God has for him. But then the person he's supposed to be married to is pregnant. And so this is this hard moment where he's like, okay, I, 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 there's two places that I, I'm just being tugged in both different directions. 
But then it also says what? That he wanted to quietly divorce her, meaning that in some other translations, it just he wanted to secretly, like without any kind of noise, just like have her not be married to him. But again, in that time, it was a hard moment because there had to be witnesses. Like, this wasn't going to be a secret thing. But what um, Matthew wants to portray in this moment is that Joseph is caring for Mary and her feelings. Like, he, he wants to be there for her in a way that wouldn't cause harm for her. And so we have to look at these verses and ask ourselves, okay, well, then what does, what, what does Joseph do when he loses his peace? Like, what does he do in this moment? And it's so important for us to realize what he does. Because what he does is when he realizes that things were array and it wasn't going as planned, he begins to problem solve. He begins to say, okay, well then, if this isn't the way it's supposed to be, how can I fix it? How can I change something? How can I move in a different direction? I think we find that our peace, we sometimes lay it so deeply in our circumstances, like Joseph. Like, we can look at him and be like, oh my gosh, like, Joseph, come on. Come on, just like, roll with it. Like, we know, we know God, we know. But there's so many times where we've been in situations where we don't feel any peace, and so we decide to, to take it up in our own terms and, and start problem-solving. Um, when we desire to have a moment where our circumstances are dictating our peace because we think we find our peace in our circumstances. So we think, okay, well, if I just change something, everything will be fine, right? If, if I just make this one decision, or if you're like me, I literally have like a giant notepad where sometimes when I come up with problems in my life and challenges, I literally take the, that big notepad, I'm like pros and cons, and I literally make a, a list, a list to like help me make decisions to solve the problems that I'm in. Like how many times in the last 20 months in your high school career have you been like, this sucks? This is not peaceful. This is not the way I planned. This is so much more challenging than high school should be. And can I say, I don't, I can't imagine being in high school at this moment. Like I can be the old lady and be like, oh, well, back in high school, like, no. Like I can't imagine being in high school amongst the pandemic and in high school going to school on Zoom in your PJs. Like that is so wild to me. And yet there's so many times where we probably are like, this is not peaceful. There is so much peace that is lacking in this moment because of the circumstances that I'm in. I was uh, thinking of a funny story when I was like, just thinking about like, how, how do we like solve, problem solve and all of that. And it took me back to my college days where when I was getting my credential to be an elementary school teacher, um, <laughs> There is a moment in my life where I'm like, I can't have a real job because during the day I was with first graders and learning how to be a teacher. And then at night I went to night grad school and I was taking all my classes. And then in between all of that, I had to like find somehow to lesson plan and like cut out 12 turkeys and all of that, plus do my homework. And so I'm like, how am I going to make money? Because I also want to go to like in and out every week with my friends. 
And so what I decided to do is I found this website where you, like, put up a profile. It felt like like Facebook almost. And I was like, what is happening? And you, like, put up your profile. And then what happens is people who need babysitters look through these profiles, and then they find one of them that they like. And they'll be like, hey, my kid needs to be babysat. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, there were so many times it just felt like a first date sometimes where I'd walk in and I'm like, okay, there's a mom with, like, three kids. I think it's them. Um, and, and then we would, like, have this moment where sometimes they were really, like, intense and they would interview me. And they would be like, okay, so what are your qualifications? I was like, um, I could probably keep your kid alive for three hours, like, I, I guess. But there was this moment where this <laughs> lady, she was like, I have two girls. Can you come to Chuck E. Cheese with us? I was like, Sure. I hadn't been to Chuck and Cheese in so long. And so I remember walking in and there's two little cute little girls and one was three and one was five. And I just remember, I'm like, okay, Britt, you got to make a good impression. Like, I, I really need this job. And so what they had me do is they're like, here's a cup of tokens. It was like one of those Chuck E. Cheese. And I was like, oh my gosh, we're going to be here forever. And um, they're like, just go have fun. I was like, Okay, <laughs> and so I'm like walking around, and we get to this game called Whack-A-Mole, and so this three-year-old, she's like, she points to it, and she wants to play, and I was like, you want to play with it, and she's like, yeah, I was like, okay, so we like put the coin in, and, and then the game begins, and I remember just handing her the hammer, and she's like super tiny, because she's three, and then I grab my hammer, and at the time, I was like 25, so I'm like, okay, Britt, like, I know you're super competitive, but like, let this kid win. Okay, and so like the, the alarm goes off and then all of a sudden I just see her like take this giant hammer that was probably as big as her and just like start whacking at all the moles that kept popping up. And I just like stood there stunned because I was like, I was going to miss a few like so that she could actually win. I was like, oh, no, I'm going to lose real bad. But I think when I, I just remembered that story, because I think that's sometimes how we treat our peace when we have circumstances that we lack peace in. We treat it like a whack-a-mole game where, like, a problem comes up. We're like, okay, solve it. Bam. But then what happens? Another part of our life, something comes up that's not peaceful. So we're like, okay, bam. And what happens is we get so distracted by getting all these whack-a-mole circumstances in our life that we're just running around in circles. Like, if you think about it, you could be playing that game forever until it turns off, right? Like, there's, there's never a moment where you actually win whack-a-mole. It just literally just stops. They stop popping up, and you're like, oh, score. I think sometimes we look at our peace at that moment where we have to just then stop. And we have to realize, hey, that maybe that our lack of peace is God trying to get our attention. Maybe this uncomfortableness is God trying to be like, hey, you got to remember your circumstances, that's not where you find your peace. And so we see Joseph in this moment where he is lacking a lot of peace, right? And then what happens? He has a dream and an angel appears. I don't know about you, but there's so many times where I'm like, I wish I had a dream and an angel appeared and like told me what to do. But this is Joseph's moment that he is being invited into this circumstance that is not what it seems. But remember, we have to remember, he is a man of God. He knew what was to come. He knew Isaiah and the promises, the things that were to be fulfilled. Like, he knew those things. 
And it just gives me goosebumps every single time when I think of Joseph being invited into this moment that he probably had been praying for. And then he gets invited to be a part of the family of God, a part of the dad of the Messiah. I I think we just have to sometimes stop and realize that our lack of peace could become the per the <laughs> become the precursor of God's good and greatest work in your life. Like the precursor to what is to happen because when Joseph was looking at his his um, life, he didn't have the Bible to see the rest of it, right? He was just containing a faith to have peace in not him circumstances, but in his God. And so I think for us, we have to realize we got to stop treating God like a genie. Like we got to stop treating him like somebody who's just going to give us um, the peace that we need for that math test. Or who's going to give us the peace that we need in, in that moment because we feel uncomfortable, because it's hard, because it's challenging. Because sometimes when God grants us peace, he's not changing our circumstances. Because look at Joseph. We see that in this scripture that God isn't changing his circumstances. So I don't want us to fall into this moment where when we pray for peace and our circumstance doesn't change, that we begin to make up these these thoughts in our heads that make like, "Ah, maybe God's not powerful enough. Maybe God's not loving enough. Maybe he's not in actually in control. And so, Ageson, I hope that when we uh, are in seasons where peace is lacking, where we just feel uncomfortable, where we think that things are hard, that we do not give up on pursuing Jesus and begin pursuing change in our circumstances. Because there's so many times where we have to realize that our our circumstances could stay the same. And yet when we pray for peace, this is where we realize. So if we can't define our our peace by the circumstances we're in, then how do we define it? I think it's, it's so simply put when we look at verse 20. It says, but after he'd considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Peace is an act of faith that doesn't allow fear to dictate your response. That's what peace is. Peace is an active step in courage, in faith, knowing that it's not connected to our circumstance but it's connected to something way bigger. Because we look at the angel's response to Joseph in a dream and saying, do not be afraid. So when Joseph was going through this this season, he was afraid. And so what the angel is, is reminding him and commanding him is do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Do not be afraid to step into this circumstance. Do not be afraid to take that leap of faith. I love the Bible because it's so intentional. Um, This is what I like to call is like the preamble, the do not be afraid. Because again, we'll look through the rest of the New Testament and, and the Bible and it says do not be afraid 365 times. And I love that. 
because it's a great reminder that God is telling us every single day, it is a daily choice for us to not be afraid of our circumstances. I think for us, we get to see that the angel is confirming that his circumstances aren't going to change in this moment for Joseph. Like they're, they're actually going to be harder for him. And so when we have to realize that peace isn't in our circumstances, we have to realize that their circumstances might actually get harder. Because think about it. Joseph steps into this bold faith, but then what happens? Mary and him are fugitives. They have nowhere to stay when Jesus was born. And then he grows up and Jesus then becomes this um, minister and is preaching the gospel, yet religious leaders are wanting death upon his life. And then that same man, Jesus, then goes and is crucified on a cross and he was blameless. Like for Joseph, this is just the beginning of what, if we look at peace and we define it by her circumstances, man, he's not going to have peace for the rest of his life. And, and so what we have to cling to as Christians, and even if you're not a Christian, this is the hope that we have, is that our peace isn't defined by the circumstances. That full peace doesn't come from our circumstances and it doesn't come from the lack of fear, but that there needs to be obedience. That there needs to be this response of obedience to what God is calling upon our life. Because I, I love it that we get to practice peace through this obedience, through what God has for us. Because I think it's important for us to realize it's so simple that we might miss it. It's so simple. Verse 24 this is what Joseph's response was. When Joseph woke up, he did as the Lord's, the Lord's angel had commanded him. That's simply our response towards peace from God, is that he practiced his peace through obedience. And so must we practice our own peace through obedience and that when we don't live a life of obedience, we aren't reflecting what God and Jesus has done for us. I think it's important that we realize that our obedience, it's not going to lead to influence. It's not going to lead to a better paying job. Like think about the story of Joseph. This is the only other time, this is the only time we hear about his story. And yet his decision to walk in obedience and take Mary as his wife change the course of humanity for the rest of our lives? Like is the reason why we're gathered here tonight celebrating that Jesus' birth had arrived is simply because Joseph decided to take his peace and walk in obedience to what God had on his life. So I, uh, for us, we get to realize that Jesus is our peace. I love it in John 14, 27, uh, Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. It's God's peace. It's not some peace that we manifest by the good things that we do, by all the times that we've, we've checked off that Christian checkoff list and we had a perfect week or that we feel comfortable in anything. It's God giving us our peace, Jesus handing us our peace. 
And that's why we can walk just like Joseph into circumstances that are hard, in moments where we think that we have no peace, that there is no peace. I'm going to invite the band up. Because if you want to find peace, it's simply to do what God has called you to do. Do what God has called you to do. And I don't know if it's tonight, I don't know if it's this week, but my hope is that you spend some time through this Christmas season deciding on where is God having us be obedient in. Because just like Joseph, we could be invited into this moment where it feels like there's no peace around, but then we place our peace in what Jesus has done for us, And then we get to walk in this moment where it could be the greatest story that God is writing with your life. I see this over and over again. I won't stop saying this, but I know that every one of you is created on purpose for a purpose, and that was to glorify God. Just like Joseph, he was created on purpose and for a purpose, and that was to glorify the kingdom by ushering in the Messiah, taking Mary as his wife, Stepping into the circumstances that seemed like there was no peace around. And yet through that boldness, through that obedience, he and us get to enjoy the peace of Jesus. Enjoy the peace of having a savior. And so you might be thinking, okay, well then how do I do that? How do I usher in peace into my heart? Because I think for every one of us, there's a moment, there is a a space that we're being asked and being called into. And I love going back to Philippians 4, 6 through 7 as the answer to, to how do we find our peace. It says, do not worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and the minds in Jesus Christ. What God is inviting us to be is to pray, to understand the power of prayer, to understand that when we pray and we ask God for peace, that he may not change our circumstance, but that he will grant us peace that surpasses all of our circumstances. I think that is so beautiful for us to be able to just literally just say, dear God, heavenly father, and the the creator of the universe turns his ear to hear what you have to say. And that he is your peace, that Jesus, what he did on the cross on your behalf became this moment where you can have peace beyond the hard seasons, beyond the uncomfortableness that we could have peace. And so in this last half, we're going to have a moment where you get to use that prayer wall. Use it. There are people who want to pray over you, that want to celebrate with you, whatever God is doing in your life. But I really would love if you take that piece of paper and spend some time, before you write anything, spend some time. Where is God asking you to step in when you feel like there's a lot of lack of faith in that situation? But you're going to be obedient and, and, and call upon Jesus to provide you that peace. We, you don't need a prayer wall. You actually don't need, even need to come to church for you to engage in prayer. 
This could be an everything. Like you don't even have to close your eyes. There are so many times where I've driven, I just turn off my music and I just listen to God. And sometimes I don't even say it out loud. And I just think with my heart, like where are the spaces that I need peace in? Because I'm so focused on the circumstances that I'm forgetting the Prince of Peace has already granted me peace. So I hope that you engage in prayer and understand the power of it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for who you are, for your faithfulness, Lord, for your peace. Lord, I pray for every single heart that is in this room. Lord, I pray for that heart that is going through a hard space, Lord, that is experiencing lots of circumstances that seem unrestful. Lord, would you grant them peace beyond their circumstances? Lord, would you lift their spirits up? Lord, would you refresh their bones knowing that you provide the peace, Lord, and that your consistency, it never returns void. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for being the type of God who meets us where we're at, Lord, provides our peace beyond everything that we see, Lord. So I ask, Lord, would you have this time as we worship you, Lord, that we just give you this moment and praise you for who you are despite the things that are, we're going through, Lord. Lord, because you give us comfort and peace beyond all that we can understand. Lord, we thank you, we praise you, and we love you, and we pray this in your precious name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this, don't forget to subscribe and also check out past episodes. For more content from Calvary HSM or to connect with us, Visit us on Instagram at CalvaryHSM805. Go live and love like Jesus.